Good morning. I especially want to welcome those of you who are visiting with us today, with visiting with family or have friends. And those of you who are joining us online, surrounded by your presence and wrapping paper and stuff all around you, we're glad you're here. People have asked me, what's going to happen at the Christmas service? Because, you know, there's been a lot of excitement. Last week we had our Christmas program, and um, it's just exciting to be here on Christmas, to celebrate the birth of our Savior, to enjoy being with the church family. We're going to have time to worship, to wonder, to be grateful in the presence of Jesus. And it's a good day to just reflect, think about how God has blessed us, how God has provided for us this year. So think about that. How has God blessed you just in this season? Last week, some of us went to Olive Crest to their Christmas party to do some crafts and games. And Olive Crest is an organization that cares for the at-risk and abused children um, in LA County, which is the office we partner with, but throughout the West Coast. And I'm gonna show you just a quick video of some of our volunteers. Uh, some of you have seen this, but a lot of you aren't on Instagram, so I wanted to just show you some of our volunteers and get a quick taste of what it looks like. Thanks to those of you who volunteered, who helped out last week. And thanks also to those of you who donated uh, gifts to the Be the Miracle Wish Slip Drive. Uh, those gifts were passed out to the kids that came to the Christmas party last week. Um, but for part of the time, I helped at the craft booth. Um, we did a diamond art craft, which is very tiny little beads that I could very, almost not see. But I helped anyways. And I was helping a little girl, and she was making a diamond art of Luigi. And the theme was Super Mario Brothers. So she was doing this art of Luigi and I was trying to help her. Um, sometimes she would tell me that's upside down so I'd have to <laughs> turn it over. Um, but then she saw Luigi walking by and she told her mom, look, there's Luigi. See, he's green and blue and this is green and blue. And she got all excited and she kind of watched him as he walked around and as she finished. And she was very meticulous. It took a long time. And when she finished, she said, I'm gonna give it to him. And she ran over, and she talked to him, and waited. She took a photo with him, and she gave her art to him. And I wanted to run over and tell him to give it back, right? Because, <laughs> you know, she had spent all that time working on it, and he's probably just going to throw it away, right? <laughs> but she looked so happy. She came back jumping and skipping and dancing and beaming. And I was just kind of stunned at her little act of joy and generosity. And I always jump at these opportunities to help at Olive Crest because it always touches my heart. These kids don't have a lot, but there's such a spirit of joy and generosity and appreciation. And God always blesses me. I'll remember her generosity and her joy and just that picture of her skipping back for a long time. How have you been blessed in this season? It's been really busy. I know there's a lot going on in the Christmas season, but I hope you've seen the joy of the season. Maybe it's been stressful. 
Maybe it's been busy, but it is the holiest season of the year. So today I want to give you just a moment to breathe, and in a little while we're going to just have a moment to reflect and to interrupt the busyness of the season to celebrate Jesus. It's a good day just to reflect and wonder and be grateful in the presence of Jesus. And it's a good day just to think about Jesus, that he's come, that he's coming again. Christmas is the starkest reminder that we are loved by God. And I hope you feel that love today. Christmas is God coming down to be with us, the Word made flesh. And in the last few weeks, we've been taking an in-depth look at this verse, John 1:14, that tells us about the Word made flesh. We've seen this glorious truth in John 1:14: The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And think about all the things we've learned in these last few weeks. You might not remember all of the sermons, but we've talked about Jesus as the Word, the eternal Son of God, the creator and sustainer who came into our world, the light who leads and guides us. He came down to dwell among us, to pitch his tent among us, to have a relationship with us and to be with us. And he came to reveal who God is a God who takes responsibility, who's committed to love us no matter what, and who relentlessly reaches out to us. Last week, we heard the New Living Translation version of this verse, which says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus came to be with us, to have a relationship with us. And this truth is the backdrop to the Christmas story we know so well in Luke 2. And as I read a part of Luke 2, let yourself really hear it and think about the word, God coming down to be with us, full of grace and truth, unfailing love and faithfulness. So I'm gonna read from Luke 2, verses six to 19. If you have your Bible, you can read along. But Luke 2, starting in verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
And this is the Word made flesh, coming as a baby in a manger <clears throat> to live among us. And the good news is God's grace and unfailing love, his faithfulness to the covenant promise to send a savior to redeem and restore this broken world. And this morning, I want to point out that last verse, verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. This quiet little verse and Mary's reaction is in stark contrast to the rest of the story. There's a lot of excitement, a lot going on. But Mary's reaction was different. Two key words are used in verse 19. Mary treasured and pondered. First, to treasure means to preserve or to keep something from getting lost. And Mary treasured the shepherd's story. She wanted to remember it, to keep it from getting lost and forgotten. Think about her situation. Her life has been turned upside down. She's a young teenager. She's been thrown into God's story of redemption and restoration. She's far away from home and family, safety and security. Her life has been disrupted and she doesn't understand it all. She doesn't know what's gonna happen next, but she wants to remember this moment. She takes note of what's happening and what God is doing. The same word treasure is used later in Luke 2 when 12-year-old Jesus gets separated from his parents. And then his parents find him teaching in the temple. And 12-year-old Jesus says to them, didn't you know I needed to be, I had to be in my father's house? And Luke says they didn't understand, but that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Mary didn't understand everything that God was doing, but she saw something significant and she took notice she wanted to remember it, to pay attention, to preserve it and keep it from getting lost. God was working and she didn't want to miss it or forget it. She treasured all these things. And the second key word is to ponder. And to ponder means to combine things or to bring things together in our minds. And that's what Mary's doing. She's combining and bringing together what she already knew with what the shepherds tell her. Remember, nine months earlier, an angel had come to her and told her that she would have a son who would be called the Son of the Most High and be the king of a kingdom that would never end. And she's probably been thinking about what that meant for these nine long months. And now the shepherds bring her new information. They give her confirmation that he is going to be someone special. He would bring great joy as the fulfillment of that covenant prophecy. And she treasured and pondered this in her heart. Mary's life has been turned upside down. It's been disrupted and she doesn't know what's gonna happen next. And you might be feeling that same sense of disruption and upheaval. There's been a lot going on in your life, a lot of activity and parties and excitement and shopping and baking and family gatherings. Plus, we're still recovering and adjusting to post-pandemic health and job and school situations and finance and politics, and just life in general. But in the middle of all her excitement and stress, Mary seems centered. She pays attention to what God is doing. She takes note, makes a mental note of it. She wants to remember. Could this be what sustains and guides her through this situation and the next 30 years? She's gonna be faced with the struggle to parent this extraordinary child 
and then watch him begin his ministry. She won't understand why Jesus says or does the things he does, but she'll remember who he is and what his mission is. And then as he suffered and she suffered and sacrificed along with him, she will know and trust God. She will know that God has a plan, that God is still at work even when she doesn't understand it, that God is faithful, sovereign, and in control. And don't you need that too? In whatever is going on in your life, you can know who you are and who God is and that God is with you and will be faithful. He came to dwell among us with unfailing love and faithfulness, with light for our darkness. He created us for relationship with him and he loves it when we turn to him, we depend on him. He loves it when we cry out to him and ask him for help when we shoot up those quick arrow prayers because we don't know what to do, or when we sit in prayer and solitude in quiet times and reflect and pray, even when we get distracted. God came for that very reason, to dwell among us, to be with us, to have a relationship with us, and to pour out his love and mercy and grace and light. And Christmas is a good time to think about that, to treasure and ponder who God is and what he's doing. And I want to give you a few moments to do that right now, to treasure who you are and who God is, and to ponder what's going on in your life, how God is working. I want to give you a few moments to spend with him this morning and to think about him, to tell God, help me, or thank you, or whatever it is you want to tell him. And whether you're here at church or listening at home, I hope you'll spend this time with Jesus. You'll have a few moments of quiet, we'll have some background music, and you can just sit quietly, you can close your eyes and pray, you can just think about who, where God is. But if you're with family or friends, with your spouse, or especially with your kids, you can also use this time to talk with them about what God is doing, what they're seeing. You can spend this time with people, and maybe it'll be that rare treat to talk about God and the things you've seen of God. So you can spend this time in whatever way helps you, either alone or talking with others. Here are some guiding questions to help you get started. What was hard for you this year? How has God helped you and blessed you? And think about those glimpses of God's love and light. And what do you want to treasure or keep, remember? So I'm going to start us with a little quick prayer and then Owen's going to play some background music, and I'm going to sit down for a few minutes, and then I will come back up and finish the sermon. So we're not done yet, okay? <laughs> so we'll spend this time in reflection, and then I'll come back up. Okay, so let's invite God into this time. God, we thank you that you are a God who is with us, who wants a relationship with us, who wants to pour out your love for us. And we invite you to be here in this time as we spend it in prayer and silence, or as we talk with one another and think about who you are and what you're doing in our lives, we invite you to be here with us. In Jesus' name.
hope you'll continue those conversations if you didn't get to finish. In a book on marriage, Gary Smalley says, treasuring is an attitude we carry in our hearts, a conviction we hold deep down inside. It's one big decision that plays itself out in 10,000 little decisions every day of our lives. And I think that's what happened in Mary's life. She had an attitude of openness towards God, and she stopped to notice and to remember whenever God revealed himself to her. She had this conviction deep down inside that God is faithful, that he was faithful to his promise of a savior to redeem and restore this broken world in Jesus. She didn't understand it all, but she knew that her child would bring great joy to all the people. And maybe that's why years later, when they were at a wedding and the host ran out of wine, she turned to Jesus and said, can't you do something? They need more wine. Or when she was standing outside waiting to talk to Jesus, she heard him say, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And to point to his followers as his family. That's probably how she was able to endure as she watched her son suffer, the criticism and abuse, and then the cross. She treasured and pondered. She made it a point to know and remember who he was and who God was. And because of that, she persevered. She triumphed, and she trusted in God's goodness and grace. When I think of treasuring, I picture a treasure chest full of gold coins and jewelry, you know, like a pirate's treasure chest. And when we treasure who God is and what he's doing, it's that valuable. It's like money in the bank. And it's a little crass to think of it like that, but treasuring and pondering <coughs> is like putting money away for a rainy day. We fill our treasure chest with the gold coins of God's love and faithfulness, our attitude of gratitude and joy, the deep down conviction that God is faithful. And when we need it, it pays off. When we treasure and ponder, it impacts our faith, our relationships, our attitude toward adversity, our ability to respond with grace to whatever happens. As we worship and thank God and reflect on who God is and how much he loves us, we grow spiritual strength. We grow to know who God is and to trust him, to grow more and more to see his unfailing love and faithfulness. We build up joy that's not dependent on circumstances. We grow to become the faith-filled, love-oriented, gracious, joyful people God created us to be. And when life gets tough, as it always does, when we're faced with difficult choices, when a crisis hits or a pandemic hits, we are not destroyed because we know God. We know who we are. We have that treasure chest full of stories and memories of God's unfailing love and faithfulness. We know he's with us and that he will come through for us every time. A couple weeks ago, I put up my little Christmas tree, as I do every year. I made my annual trek to Home Depot, found a tree no taller than me, so that my grandkids will say, why is your tree so small? But it's so I can stuff it in the trunk of my car, drag it into my house, hold it up with one hand while I turn the screws of the tree stand bowl with the other hand and hope that it's straight. And after I did all that, I sat down to catch my breath and to look at my little tree, and I got surprisingly emotional. 
And I forgot that this happens every year. Because 23 years ago, I marked a moment. It was the year after my divorce. It was a tough year. I was adjusting to life as it was different. I was worried about my finances, worried about my kids and how they were doing. And I put up this Christmas tree, and I just sat there and wept that we had gotten through a year. I was so grateful that God had gotten us there, that he had cared for us. And every year since then, my Christmas tree, as pagan and irreligious as it is, <laughs> is made holy in my memory. It's the trigger for me to worship God, to love God, and to thank him for his care for me and my family. Mark the moment at Christmas. See how God is working and remember it. God is good. And Christmas is our reminder that Jesus came to be with us, to dwell with us, to have a relationship with us, and to love us, to care for us and help us. How have you seen God this year? How has God blessed you? Even if it's been a tough year, and for some of you it has been, even if it has, notice those glimpses of God's love and care and remember them. This Christmas, make a mental note to remember all those little ways you've seen God at work. Treasure Jesus and his unfailing love and faithfulness. Let's pray.